Hey sister, welcome to season four of the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I'm Cassie, a sorority advocate and community enthusiast. After spending the last eight years traveling the country to experience sorority with sisters like you on your campuses and at your conferences, I started this podcast and her sorority journey to help you navigate the various seasons that sorority has to offer. From finding your place in sisterhood to running for officer positions, all the way to preparing for your career after graduation, This podcast is your guide on how to get the most out of your sorority and apply it to your goals in college. Thanks for inviting me along on your journey. Hey sister, welcome back to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. We are in the middle of our series recruitment takeover. Currently we are going through our uh, mini series within that greater topic called Future Sister Takeover. So last week and this week, we are exploring the potential new member experience to provide support, encouragement, and insight for our sister friends who are considering if sorority membership is right for them. Naturally, who have concerns, questions, and curiosity about what it is that they are signing up for and the process through which they will actually be granted membership. So last week, we focused a lot more on confidence, right? How to showcase your authentic self throughout the recruitment process. This week, we're switching gears a little bit to talk more about like clear expectations of what is this thing that you are joining and what are some logistics that you could be aware of to just create more confidence, right? Put your heart at a little bit more ease, We were very fortunate, though, in the middle of our future sister takeover to be blessed with the launch of the Barbie movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to pause this episode and come back to it. Go watch the Barbie movie first so we don't spoil the movie for you. And if you've gotten this far and you are not a potential new member, this episode could still be really encouraging to you as a member or an alumna of your organization to think through this common stereotype, right? If you are not yet a member of an organization, if you're considering sorority membership, I'm sure that you the thought has crossed your mind that sorority girls just really show up like Barbies on college campuses, right? We have all lived with that stereotype as members of our organizations, right? Being compared to as these perfect, flawless, airbrushed women that show up on these college campuses, right, that don't have a lot of room or capacity for members who don't look like us, who aren't interested in the same things that we are, to join. Now, we know that's not true, right? So in preparation for this episode, we really wanted to demystify the belief that sorority women are perfect, that sorority women are inclusive, that sorority women with all the opportunities and all the uh, leadership and career trajectories that they might go show up in a super superficial way in college, that that's not the case. But what was such a delightful surprise after actually seeing the Barbie movie is they dove into that existential crisis that every sorority member has at one time or another of not feeling like they are enough. Now, that is not a feeling exclusive to sorority women. I think all women on one level or another have a moment in their lives where they're like, I'm not enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough for this relationship. I'm not qualified enough for this job opportunity or uh, talented enough to get into a club or organization, sports team, right? So my heart in our time together today is actually to spend less time demystifying that we are not Barbies, but actually to pull from the Barbie movie some really core truths that we can cling to about 
shared experiences that are lived in sorority and what we can actually learn from Barbie land to help inform and clarify the lived experiences of sorority women. So yes, in a sense, we are demystifying that the soror every sorority woman is that stereotypical Barbie, but that they are actually real people with real hearts, real lived experiences, real insecurities that all just need something bigger to be a part of that's just as imperfect as them to grow with and learn from in their sorority journey. So let's start by talking about the marketing. If we think about the Barbie marketing, we know that we knew more about that movie than any other movie coming out in the past five years. I cannot tell you a movie that I have been like waiting to go to besides this one in the last five years. That marketing team deserves a raise. I've heard so many people say that from the just straight pink billboards to the flawless TikTok ads or Instagram posts or Margot Robbie's entire wardrobe on her press tour, right? She was this perfect idolization of that stereotypical Barbie that she literally calls herself in the movie. I think far too often than not, as sorority chapters and communities, we portray the exact same image on social media and out into the world, right? We post these perfectly curated photos, reels, videos that show us in our best form, which is the role of social media, which totally makes sense. But we have very attractive members of our chapter dressed very nicely, posed so perfectly on our Instagram feeds, on our TikToks, and on our websites that gives this impression to you all as potential new members that this is the mold, this is the type of person that we are looking for. When in all reality, much like the marketing for the movie, there was so much more depth behind how Margot Robbie was like portraying herself to create promotion for the film, there's so much depth to our members, to our experience. And while we do our best to portray that in recruitment, that really can't fully be experienced until membership. I can promise you, regardless of how many sisterhood events the chapters list off for you, how many philanthropic endeavors they are invested in, how much time they spend with other organizations in community, they all have real lives, real challenges, real hardships that they are just navigating through while being a part of something bigger than themselves. There is space for you to be your real and authentic self, and you do not have to conform to that perfectly curated Instagram feed that you might see before going through recruitment. Now, I have a whole other conversation with my recruiters, my chapter and community social media managers about these dangers, right, of presenting ourselves so perfectly on social media that it actually triggers this thought for you all as potential new members that this could be a stumbling block or a hindrance to your in your envisioning of yourself in those organizations. So that's for another time, but I want you to know until that epidemic of false advertising that sororities have gotten into the habit to on social media dies down, you need to know these are real people, real hearts, real desires to be known and belong in this greater sisterhood. So you will belong there too. On the topic of prematurely diagnosing which chapter you should or shouldn't be in through the marketing, I also think this 
happens way too often than not with the fraternities um, that you are listening to or connecting with before primary recruitment. It's not lost on me. And even in my own uh, freshman year of college and potentially member experience, I went out and I got to know other people on campus and got a lot of opinions about the chapters that I should join. Well, I didn't wasn't familiar with Greek rank or Yik Yak in college. Those are so prevalent too. And mostly fueled by fraternity men or other disassociated or disaffiliated members pouring in on the attractiveness or competitiveness or character of women that they probably don't know that well. Those voices that are that are dominating how you view these chapters are really preventing you from having your own lived experience with each sorority. I I think something really powerful happened when Ken brought back the patriarchy to Barbie land, right? This utopia of Barbie land was run by women, confident women, self-sustained women, maybe who didn't have an equal relationship with men, which is another conversation to be had at another time. But when the patriarchy gets brought back, there isn't a balancing of men and women leadership and community building. It's dominated, right? So that these men are running the society. And we see how detrimental that is to the women, the new roles they assume, the lack of confidence they have in their skills, abilities. They even use the word brainwashing. I think the same thing can happen to us as potential new members or members of our organization when we are so inundated with external inputs of what it means to be a part of our own organization or how our organization is viewed specifically by men. I need you to hear something and hold it true to your heart. Sorority chapters, sorority women hold the social capital of every campus that they exist on. Let me say that again. Sorority women hold the social capital of every college campus that they exist on. Now, what does that look like? It looks like the sorority, the fraternities, the clubs, the organizations, where sorority women give their time, energy, and ultimately implicit approval are those that follow the elevated reputation, credibility, notability of that club or organization on campus. So it is our responsibility as sorority members to be stewarding that so wisely, right? When we give our power to fraternities or external groups and say, yeah, we actually want you to tell us who we are, we have given a part of our responsibility away, right? We have given our power away. It's our responsibility to hold that close to us and then steward that wisely to associate with fraternities who are showing up on campus in ways that we approve of, right? Who are following the rules and expectations of the university. We want to show up with clubs that are doing good work on campus, elevate other women's organizations on campus who have similar goals. And that is how we find a common voice and a true uh character within ourselves and our chapters is when we're able to tune out those voices or inputs that we don't actually want to give power to, right? If there are fraternities that are putting our organizations in a hierarchy of which one is the hottest or which one is like the best partiers or the best dates to their formals, we need to take that back. We need to stop associating with organizations that are pushing us and dividing us against each other.
this can become a bigger danger too when fraternities start engaging in really harmful behavior. If there becomes a culture in their chapter that is permitting hazing, sexual assault, really dangerous relationships with drugs and alcohol, especially for those underage, it is so important for us to step away from those organizations and say, hey, this behavior does not align with my values or my organization's values. So you no longer have my approval, my validation, my elevation in this community. When we disassociate from organizations that aren't living out the values of our organizations, we gain our power back. So not only does this go for the inputs that we listen to, it also goes for the behaviors that we disagree with. While it's not Barbie's probably favorite point in the movie, and it's definitely not our favorite lived experiences in our own lives, existential crises are just a part of being a woman and a part of something greater than ourselves. Superficial Barbie in her uh, best form has seasons where she is so confident in her role. She is so content being who she is. But she also comes to a point where she recognizes that it's not enough to be all dolled up and put together, no cellulite, perfectly high heels and a thin waist, right? I think it's so important for us to remember too that as much as we strive to fit that superficial mold of what it means to us to be a sorority member that will never fulfill us in the way that true deep meaningful sisterhood and purpose in our organization will i think these existential crises or crises can come in a different couple seasons of our sorority membership I think it's pretty common, especially after you've gotten comfortable being a new member um, and an initiated member, you've gotten comfortable with like the lay of the chapter and the schedule and the expectations, we can veer into a, okay, what do I do next? What's my next responsibility? Especially if you're leadership driven or interested in giving back in some capacity, we can have a crisis of, I don't feel good enough to be the panel and delegate. I don't feel good enough to be chapter president. I don't feel good enough to even support this committee. And there we have to get to a point of remembering that we were put in our chapter on purpose. We were selected for the right character traits, values, skill set, and just heart for the organization to be able to contribute in the ways that our heart desires. Maybe that doesn't always manifest itself in the that exact leadership position, but there is room for you, regardless of where you are at or what you do or don't get elected into, there's always room for you to use those gifts. I think another existential crisis that we can have comes in the form of after a leadership role, maybe when we're a little older in the chapter, having this moment of, well, what do I do now? I've given everything I've had. I've gotten so comfortable with my title being my identity in this chapter. Where do I go? What's my next step? And that's another really awesome opportunity to look around and see the relationships that you can invest in before you graduate, to recognize that you exist more than to hold a title and execute duties, tasks, and responsibility over a chapter. I think what's beautiful about sorority membership is you get to be the person, the sister that you want to be. You don't have to be a cookie cutter version of someone else. You don't have to assimilate. Even every Barbie has their own role, right? Superficial Barbie or stereotypical Barbie by the end of the movie recognizes that 
she needs more from that and is given the autonomy and control back from her maker to step into a new season of herself. And you have that opportunity too, not just through recruitment, but through your sorority membership. This quote, one of my favorite dynamics in the movie was the relationship between the mom and the daughter and how difficult that can be. I'm sure we all have our own lived experience of hardship with mom-daughter relationships. She has this moment after Barbie's existential crisis of frustration. After Barbie has recognized that the Barbies didn't fix everything in the world and that Barbie land was a utopia and that uh, the patriarchy was on the rise in the real world and comes back to her utopia destroyed by Ken, bring the patriarchy to Barbie land. She has this existential crisis, this breakdown of not knowing who she wants to be, not knowing what her role is anymore. And I love, I love, I love what that mom figure says to Barbie. It is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. It kills me that you don't think you're good enough. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing a woman, then I don't even know. Do those words resonate with you? I remember hearing her talk and thinking, that is exactly how I feel. Another part of that monologue, she says, you have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not be so pretty that you tempt them too much, that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. Man. Is that a lived tension that we are all in? What I want to encourage you in as you go through sorority recruitment is that you are already enough. And when you are confident in yourself, when you join that chapter, you get to be an example for women on your campus and in your chapter that you are content in who you are and who you are is enough. To be in a sorority is to live in constant tension and incessant conflict of priorities. We want to be all things to all people. We want to meet all expectations while still being true to ourselves. At some point, we have to surrender that we can't be all things to all people. One of my favorite Glennon Doyle quotes is your job throughout your entire life is to disappoint as many people as it takes to avoid disappointing yourself. So choose in your sorority recruitment experience to not disappoint yourself to choose the things that you need to encourage yourself, to be confident in who you are, to be sure that you want to be in a chapter that wants you. And so that when you are rejected, when you are let go of chapters throughout the process, you can have confidence, even if it's disappointment, you would have confidence that the chapters that you are continuing to see love you and want you for you. Sister, Living the sorority dream is not like living the stereotypical Barbie life. You get to be your true self. You get to break out of the mold that everyone says you have to be, to be true to yourself, to engage intentionally with sisterhood. 
I hope you love the Barbie movie as much as I did. And I hope that you are encouraged that there is room for you to be yourself, to ask hard questions, to be authentic, and to break a mold every now and then to not disappoint yourself. Sister, we are wishing you all the best in sorority recruitment. Make sure to tune into our last podcast episode on Thursday with a little bit more info about logistics. However you listen, whether on your walk to class or drive to work, during your workout, or just while you're getting ready in the morning, thank you for tuning in to the Your Sorority Journey podcast today. If you resonated with this episode in any way, it would mean the world if you would tell a friend about it. Either share this episode to your Instagram story, throw the link to listen in your chapter or executive council group chat, or write a review on Apple Podcasts so more sisters can find guidance on their sorority journey just like you did. As always, sister, we are here for you and can't wait to chat again next week.